right. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, we are going to do, we're, we're making a slight deviation this, uh, this morning. Normally we would continue um, with uh, our, our um, study in the book of Psalms uh, 27 in particular. Um, um, and it's been a wonderful study and we will continue that. But periodically, one of the things that we do is, is that we don't always just um, 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 focus our attention in the book of Psalms. Um, but in addition to that, there are times where God's moving, God will give me other subjects and we go into those other subjects as God gives them. I usually put these um, these series of studies under a different category than the Psalms. These are usually considered um, the um, a part of what I call the Bible Matters um, series of Bible studies. These are just independent studies. They're, they're not following a specific theme, um, but they are as the Lord gives. And every now and then what happens is, is that the God will give me something um, to work on and, uh, and, and we are careful and mindful to do that. With that, um, I hear the Lord speaking um, to prepare the people for what is to come, to prepare us for what's on the horizon and to prepare us for what's already here and to encourage you all in the Lord to uh, to be steadfast. Amen. So those of you who have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and I want you to turn, amen, to the um, book of Second uh, Timothy. For those of you who are looking at it, we have it on the screen. I'm going to uh, start... Um, Amen. Um, actually, let me go ahead and make a, a slight uh, change um, to it. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, amen, is the one that I actually want. So I'm readjusting that now on the screen. You ought to see that in just, uh, just a moment. Um, I want to begin with where we are. Amen. We want to talk about where we are. Let's read uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, and let's look at verses 1 through 17. Amen. No, this no also that in the last days perilous times shall come amen perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous bolsters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents thankful unthankful rather unholy, amen, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Don't you see all of that happening today? In fact, all of that stuff's been happening just in the last uh, few days, amen. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Look at the, at the admonition of the Lord. From such turn away. Amen. Amen. And if the scripture is not following on the screen, that's all right. You should have your Bibles um, and make sure you're following along in the pages. And if you don't have that, just, just keep on listening. Amen. Verse number six, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, 
led away with diverse lust, ever learning, uh-oh, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't that something? What a waste of time that is. Amen. Now, as Janus and Jambers withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now, Janus and Jambers, for those of you who do not know, um, when Moses um, was sent to deliver the children of Israel, um, and he began, and God began to work uh, his mighty works through the plagues, um, uh, Pharaoh called in his uh, sorcerers, okay? And these men were, um, uh, would try to duplicate or replicate, if you will, the miracles that, um, or the plague, so to speak, that, uh, that Moses was doing by the permission and through the power of God Almighty. Well, Janus and Jambers tried to, um, for a time, they would, they would try to duplicate those and, and they would, and, and uh, in order to try to disprove and discount the mighty works of God. So, uh, so for everything that Moses did, um, Janus and Jambers began to try to, uh, to, um, to try to, um, to replicate that their names you don't necessarily see it um in the uh in the old testament it's not until you look in the other books like books of uh, jasher and so on and so forth that you actually see the names you see in our text in the bible in the book in the bible that you have the 66 books this is i think about the first place where you actually see the names of those sorcerers but their names but you don't see it anywhere else well the reason why you don't see it anywhere else is because those are um the names of them are found in the deuterocanonical um books so to speak so these are the other books that you don't necessarily um that not many people have access to so that's who who they were they were those sorcerers who tried to replicate until god left them in the dust and uh, and all of a sudden they, they they went as far as they could go and uh and 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 god you know just really made fools out of out of all of them verse number um Verse number nine, now they shall proceed, now I want you to understand this, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs was also. Now, let's continue. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, amen. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me, amen. Keep that in mind. Verse 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I know we don't like that, but you need to know that this morning. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But look at the instruction, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, amen, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation though through faith, which is in Christ Jesus." Keep that in mind, not faith in something else or anything else or anybody else, particular faith. That's faith in 
the Lord Jesus Christ, or as he's mentioned here, Christ Jesus. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men uh, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. Glory to God. Now, let's work on, on, on something here. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's get into this. Right now, family, fear is running rampant. In the last couple of days, a lot of things have happened. Amen. A lot of stuff has happened in the last couple of days. And interestingly enough is, is that not only has so much happened, but the children of God are finding themselves not sure what to do. Some of us do, but some of us don't. And we're looking at all of these different things and it's just, and all of a sudden, in the last few days, the world seemingly became an even scarier place. All the things that are happening in the in our government, corruption has been exposed in, um, I mean, in 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 magnitudes that boggle the mind. And we have all of these things happening against the backdrop of prophecy. Amen. Because what you're looking at here in Timothy is that you're looking at prophecy, amen. You're looking at prophecy. This is not the first time or the first instance where we are exposed, so to speak, to the end times as far as scripture is concerned, amen. But this builds off of what the Lord Jesus Christ himself have already told us in the New Testament found prominently in the gospels. Jesus prepared us uh, for some things. Take a look at Matthew 24. I want you to start at verse number three. Let's figure out where we are with these different things and we're gonna work on some things and it's gonna challenge some of you, amen. But you stick with it, God's gonna bless you, amen. Matthew 24, three, starting at verse three, the Bible says this, and as he sat down, sat upon the Mount of Olives, now we're talking about Jesus, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. Okay, so they ask about a couple of things they want to know, but in short, the bottom line is, is that the disciples who in much in this case represent you and me, amen, they want, they've been with Jesus, amen, and they're nearing uh, and they're walking with Jesus and he's teaching and they're learning from him and Jesus is covering all types of conversations, amen. Now, I want you to understand something. The fact that the disciples would ask Jesus to tell them what the signs of the end of the time would be reveal something. The fact that they would even ask that. In order for them to have even asked that, 
that means that they had grasped something about Jesus, had come to understand some things about Jesus and his identity, who he actually was, that made that that jet that that encouraged them or prompted them or made them feel comfortable with asking Jesus this question. In other words, for them to ask this question of him, by this point, they were convinced that he knew. Amen. They knew they asked, notice they you don't you don't read that they went and go ask nobody else. No, you're not gonna find that. But they asked Jesus. They asked him specifically what would be the signs of the end of the time. You don't go ask somebody that if you don't believe that they have an answer. You don't go ask somebody about what's getting ready to happen down the line unless you are convinced that that person has the answer. Amen. Amen. Family, there are some things that only God Almighty can tell you. And because Jesus is God Almighty, amen, manifest in the flesh, because that is who he is, there are some things you must understand. There are some answers that you're not going to get from any other source. You're not going to get it from anybody else. In these last days, family, you must be more careful with who it is you are seeking answers to certain things. The Bible teaches us very plainly that our times and our seasons are in the hands of the Lord. Amen. God knows and only God knows the, the end from the very beginning. There are some things that God has given you and I the ability to know. He has allowed you to use your ingenuity. He has allowed you to use your talent. He's allowed you to use the faculties of reasoning and thinking and logic and all of these different things in order to ascertain certain things, to come up with certain things, to reach certain conclusions. But brothers and sisters, there are some things, there is some knowledge that God reserves for himself and him only. And with that, that means that anytime you go to a source outside of the source, you are going to come up wrong. And I'm just, I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I want you to understand that because even today, while the Lord's permission, we're going to take prophecy and we're going to put prophecy in its proper place. And we're going to get some understanding of all of these different things because we are dealing with prophecy. Verse three, he says, and he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Notice something, they came to Jesus privately. They did not come to him publicly. They came to him privately. And that is important, amen. Not only are there some questions, amen, that cannot be answered by anyone other than the Lord, 
but there are also some questions. There are matters of the heart. There are issues that pertain to you that you are not going, listen, you're going to have to go to the Lord for yourself. You are going to have to go privately. Amen. Amen. It's easy at times to do certain things publicly. Amen. But when you really have a need, when you really are in trouble, when you really need an answer from the Lord, you got to learn to not wait on the crowd. You got to get in there and you got to go as go to the Lord with everything that you got. That Bible tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. We can come boldly. Amen. 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 There are times, family, where you're going to have to go to the Lord privately. You're not going you're not going to have the backing of the crowd. You're not going to have the confidence that comes along with the with the with the congregation. You're not going to have the group. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You're not going to have them that are there to spur you on and so on and so forth. But when you really want something from the Lord, when you really want the Lord, you are going to go to the Lord even if it means you got to go by yourself. They came to him privately. Amen. And they asked him about things that only he had answers to. Amen. And they wanted to know what shall be the sign of the end of the world. And I want you to look at verse number four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at verse number five. We're going to build on this. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and what? Shall deceive many. Amen. 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 Now, look at, go down to verse 23. I'm going to get these scriptures out here, and then we're going to build on this, and we're going to take this apart with the Lord's permission, and we're going to get into this thing. 23 says this, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or there believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, notice that word, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now look at verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. Uh-oh, glory to God. Now, let's tie all this up. Let's tie all this up. Let's, let's put it together because I want to build into you. God wants to build into you what you need to navigate these times that we're in. What are your marching orders? What is it that you are supposed to be doing? What does God want you to focus on? This is what we're going to look at today. Verse number four of Matthew 24, he says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. No man deceive you. He said, take heed. That means be careful. That means pay attention. That means be aware. That means take precaution. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning? He said, take heed that no man deceive you. 
when it comes to end times, the Lord has already told you what he wants you to know. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm, I, I, I know this is probably going to challenge some people, but you need to hear it. You got to stop looking for people to prophesy to you. To somehow tell you something different than what Jesus has already told. The scripture is very clear that Jesus is. Not only is he God almighty, but he himself is the spirit of prophecy. What am I telling you? That means that Jesus is the message. You can't have a prophecy that's devoid of Jesus. Why? Because it comes from him. Oh, I hope you, you look, look, look. without Jesus, the prophet has no prophecy. Without Jesus, the preacher has no message. Without Jesus, the evangelist has nothing to say. I hope you hear it. 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 Without Jesus, no office, no role is of any value or is any good, nor are they authorized to say anything unless God gave it to them first. Got to hear it from God. Take heed that no man deceive you. Timothy told us, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. How could Paul talk about this? Because this is based off of what Jesus was telling us in Matthew 24. Jesus told us about the end times. So when you get to this epistle and Paul now is talking, Paul is speaking according to what has already been spoken. He ain't coming up with nothing new. Glory to God. He's not coming up with nothing new. Take heed that no man deceive you. That includes the man who got good intentions. The one who not on purpose trying to deceive you. But yet and still, because that man is not in tune with the word of God, his message is out of line with God. And though he does not intend to deceive you, his spirit is out of alignment. 
And because his spirit is out of alignment, his message is out of alignment. And when the message is out of alignment, then the door of fear is swung wide open to come in and invade the ranks of God. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Take heed that no man deceive you. How is it that everybody got a prophecy? That everybody got a message? And that message don't line up with the message. Where do these men and women get this stuff from? Some of them are straight up devilish. Others mean well. But because, unlike Nehemiah, they came off the wall. The outlook gets tainted. So the message gets distorted. And now all of a sudden, you're looking for somebody to give you a new prophecy. But that word of God said this, know this also, that in last days, perilous times shall come. This is herald on the backdrop of Jesus telling us, take heed that no man deceive you. When are you family going to go back to the Bible? These days that we are in are evil. The devil is spinning out of control. You are not going to make it through this one. Disconnected from the message. Because if you are disconnected from the message, you are in essence disconnected from God. Because the message is not independent of God. Do you hear? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You're not going to have it any other way. Take heed that no man deceive you. The first thing that God wants you and I to understand is that deception is in the air. It's all around. It's all around. And it can come from those who intend to deceive you and those who don't realize that they're walking in error. So they are propagating deception. But the message is, take heed that no man deceive you. Remember, they came to him privately. So the message was to them privately. 
God is talking to you, not them. He's talking to you, and he is telling you, brothers and sisters, take heed that no man deceive you. He said, you take precaution. That's heavy. Do you know why? Because that also means you have no excuse for being deceived. Look at what he said. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Let me get into this. Many of us get duped even in this because we don't understand fully what this means. The point of this scripture is, is that people will come in the name of Christ. It is not just that there are going to be those that go so devilishly far to proclaim themselves as Christ, but there are also those who are going to come simply in the name of Christ. So the danger is twofold, not just for the people who try to set themselves up as something that they are not, but there are those who will begin to speak on behalf of him who did not send them. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know this is not the easiest, easiest message, but you need to hear that. Because a lot has happened in the last several days, but I submit to you, a lot has been happening. Since the ascension of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we've been living in the last days. Glory to God. Last days didn't just start. No, 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 no. Wake up, family. You've been living in the last days since our Lord ascended on high. Amen. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Look at 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ. Or there. Believe it not. Now look at verses 5 and 23 together. Because it paints a complete picture of the danger that you and I are navigating. And thank goodness we're not navigating it alone. Glory to God. But verse 5 and 23 talk about a problem. On the one hand, you got folks who are coming in the name of the Lord. And you got two different types of messages. One message is from the one who says, I am Christ. Mm. The other message is from the one who also comes in the name of Christ, but simply directs you to where you can find Christ. Here is Christ. There is Christ. Christ is just over here. 
Christ is just over there. Around the corner and down the street is Christ. And at the backdrop of all of this, you have Jesus telling you, take heed that no man deceive you. So he enlightens us as to the tactic that the enemy will use to try to deceive you. Yeah, I got, we got to hit this one hard today. I don't want anybody walking away from this message confused about what you're supposed to do. Mm-mm, not at all. You have these two types of individuals. One claiming to be Christ. This is not just the man that says, I am Christ, that does something that blasphemous. But this is also the man and the woman who allows people and teaches and promotes people to herald and to worship them more than they worship God. Oh, I'm hitting, oh, we, we, I'm telling you, we going after it. We going after it. We going after it. If you are a leader and you know people are following you, and you refuse to give glory to God and to honor God and to point the people to God Almighty, knowing that they're hanging on your every every word. When you begin to see people reverencing you and respecting you and showering you with accolades and you don't humble yourself and give that glory to God, set expectations, make sure that they understand you cannot worship me. You got to worship God and him only. When you allow that travesty to happen, you are in essence saying, I am Christ. Because you're stealing his glory. And we as who are leaders or who have been assigned must be careful that we don't walk into that. See, we didn't, we, we, we didn't look at it like this before. We've been just looking at this. We take this scripture and we look at this just in the, in the you know, just, 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 you know, as, as something else. But we don't look, we don't, we haven't paid attention to the depth of the implication. When you allow people to worship you and you know that's what they are doing. And you say nothing. And you allow it to go and to continue. Because they treat you with benefits. They do nice things for you. They go over and above and beyond. You are out of order if that's you. And you have better humble yourself and get in your place and know that there is one God and God only, and it ain't you. This is why I tell people, don't listen to what I tell you. Read that word for yourself. Check what I say against the word of God. If what 
I say don't line up with what has been said, then you got to move, move past me. I am who I am by God's permission. I didn't make myself. I don't run anything. I'm not your God. And I certainly ain't your savior. But I am a man who was in need of being saved himself. And a God that took mercy on me when I gave him every reason not to. It's by his permission that I can even speak to you today. When you say amen, you're not agreeing with me. Amen means I promise to the truth. It's like signing a contract. Say amen because God is good. Say amen because God is worthy. Say amen because of God. Because after all, you're not promising to my truth. You're committing to the truth of God's word. That's what amen means. It means I agree. It means I promise to the truth. It means I'm going to abide by it. That's what that really means. That's what that means. And so on the backdrop of take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in his name. The other type of individual is the one that says here is Christ and there is Christ. Here is Christ and there is Christ. They come to you with a double-minded message. When the reality is they don't know where Christ is. Yet the only thing that they seem to be unable to see is that while they don't know where Christ is, they, can't, they also cannot tell that he most certainly is not with them. Super holy and spiritual is the image that they portray. Yet God is not endorsing them. Who are you following? What are you following? Who are you leading? How are you leading? Is God pleased with you? 
What are you telling the people? Here is Christ. There is Christ. These are the people who always got some kind of prophecy. And they always got some crooked interpretation. When the Bible tells us that the scripture and the word of God Prophecy and the whole nine yards is of no private interpretation. Are you going along with what everybody's saying? Or are you in that word for yourself? We have looked at and we are now looking at. the escalation of wickedness in our country and in this world. And it is pathetic and sad that the saints and the household of God have their mind more on prophecy, new prophecy, rather than the work that he told you to do. Brother R. Walker, are you against prophecy? No, I'm not against prophecy. If it actually came from God. But the saint of God is not authorized to focus on prophecy. But he is to focus, she is to focus on the work of the Lord because they respect the prophecy that has already been given. Why has the church become stagnant? And I'm talking about the universal church. You can't go five seconds without trying, without seeing somebody who show up on YouTube or something else with a prophecy or an interpretation. When there are souls out there that are dying and are in need of the gospel. He already told you how it's going to end. Why? So you wouldn't have to worry about it. How do you know that? Look at verse 20. Look at verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. That's what that means. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. He said, I already told you. I told you this before. You don't need to spend all of your days with your head in the cloud. 
Look at Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. This is the ascension of Jesus. Watch what happens. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, steadfastly, I mean, they, they, got, they were fixed on him. And I can, and rightfully so, that's an amazing sight. You're talking with Jesus, and then all of a sudden, he begins to just descend, to float into the sky, and all of a sudden, he begins to do, you don't see that every day. Oh, yeah, you're going to pay attention. You see something like that, you're going to pay attention. You're going to pay attention. You're going to marvel. Yes, you will. But watch this. And while they stood steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, we're just watching him, watching him go up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Watch the message. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner, and ye shall see him go as, you, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Why are you standing around? Why do you have your head in the clouds of prophecy? When the prophecy was given to encourage you and strengthen you so that you could be about the father's business. Not so that you could become so distracted by it that you are unprofitable. I know, I know, I know. Not what you wanted to hear. But we don't preach what people want to hear. We preach what God said. And if he ain't say nothing, we're not going to preach. Because if he ain't talking, it ain't nothing to say. Not one thing to say. Ye men of Galilee. Now, I want you to take that name, Galilee, I want you to take that out for just a moment. Indulge me for just a moment. And I want you to put whatever city or country it is that you live in. And then I want you to read that again. Asking yourself, Wherever you are, child of God, why stand you here gazing? Notice what they were gazing. They were looking at the miraculous. They were looking at that which was not ordinary. They were looking at the extraordinary. They were looking at what doesn't occur every day. They were looking at that which was a sight to behold. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh-oh. Do you see the parallels to prophecy? Are you seeing it? I hope that you are. I hope that you are. Why has the church become so stagnant? The universal church. 
where all we want is miracles, signs, and wonders, but nobody wants obedience. Miracles, signs, and wonders take place when there is obedience to God Almighty. So why is our order of operation so chaotic and out of order? You want the blessing without the work. You want the anointing without the sacrifice. You want to be used of God. But you won't stay on your knees. You want to be a part of great exploits. But you can't do the simplest of tasks. To love God with all your heart. You want the healing, but you don't want to push through the heaviness where you blessing God during the period when you're not healed. You predicate your service on how God can serve you. But nobody stands back. It says, God, how may I help you? This is wickedness. This is wickedness. You want God to speak to you, but you won't obey what he already said. When does that change for us? We look at these Elections and all these different things and are unable to see God moving. When he done told you all along. And why did he tell you? Why did he spend time giving us this? Because if you look. At John 14 and 1. He told you these things. Prepared you for these things. So that you wouldn't get bent out of shape. By these things. And that you will remain. In a position. Where you are profitable. And able to work. Carrying out the assignment of the Lord. He told you these things. For the purpose of letting you know something. That John 14 and one tells us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You see, in my father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, guess what? I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why are you going to do that, Jesus? So that where I am, there ye may also be. He said, I want you with me. He said, I want you with me. Really? Yeah. And whether I go, ye know. And the way, you know. Notice what he said, verse four. And whether I go, ye know. And the way, ye know. You're looking for prophecy, new prophecy. But you already know. God is not giving new prophecy. Uh-uh. Am I saying that there's prop, no prop? No. I'm not, God, the, prop, the office of the prophet is still in effect, just as the apostle and everything else. There is no office. Look, when God puts an office into play, the only way it is, it is no longer an operation is if God himself rescinded. So if you don't see a scripture where he recalls an office, that office is still in operation. Don't matter whether you didn't came in contact with her. I don't care if you ain't seen a modern day apostle, they out there. God didn't rescind nothing. And whatever he said is still in effect. He says, but you already know. And the way you know. Modern day prophecy cannot be inconsistent with what has already been prophesied. Understand that. It cannot contradict the word of God. And if it does, it did not come from God. It came by the will of the flesh. Why did he tell you this stuff? Because he don't want you to be afraid. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says this, family. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In these perilous times, number one, God already prepared you. Number two, God already told you everything that you need to know about it. Number three, he does not want you to be afraid. Number four, if you find yourself afraid, that fear did not come from God. Do not own it. Do not take it on. Denounce it in the name of Jesus. The only fear that should be present in the believer is that of the reverence of God Almighty. Don't be afraid, family. But don't be stagnant either waiting on somebody to tell you what God has already told you. Be obedient. 
For in so doing, you will glorify your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording.